I'm Claire Sands, one of the hosts of the Silent Why podcast. Welcome to this week's My Why, which is usually the audio version of my weekly blog on thesilentwhy.com. But not this week, or last week, or next week. Welcome to part two of Graveyard Musings. If you're wondering what on earth that is, you might want to listen to last week's part one episode first. And last week, we left the graveyard right when I was about to be nosy and see if two graves that a man had been visiting were related or linked in any way. So here we go. Enjoy the wind again, the birds, the rustling of that shiny coat, and my graveyard musings, part two. I'm on a bit of a mission now because the man who just came to see the graves has left. I noticed he looked at two quite different ones and I want to go and see if they're related or linked in any way. They might not be. might be a false trail. I'm no Sherlock Holmes, but I can have a look and see. Okay, so the first one was quite a young girl. This is a precious daughter. She about 20 years old. That's sad. And then the other one he came to see was a very recent one. When they're first um, laid in the ground, they have little wooden crosses until the the main gravestones appear. It looks like it can take months or years for the gravestones to arrive. It's a long process. I don't know why it takes quite so long. Maybe someone out there can tell me. Um, so this grave got a lot of flowers and stuff on it. Um, plants. Oh, just says Brenda. The name, no details. There's one grave here that's got a whole heather bush growing out of it. Having talked to her a lot about heather on my Instagram stories this week, it seems applicable. That's a son and no, a father and his daughter. Which is quite interesting. There's another one here with a father and a baby. Um, baby only lived a couple of months there's one here um, that's written in a language I don't know only got a couple of lines on it but uh, makes me wonder how far away they are from home there's another one that's got the uh, sphinx on it with with Egypt written underneath and it's a rifle volunteer corporal with a number, eight digit number, age 47. Eternal memories of a much loved husband, dad, granddad, to the world a soldier, to us our life. The variety of graves is incredible. There's some with photos on of the people who have died, there's some that are ordained with hearts, dolphins, there's a guitar crosses some are dark black with gold on some are white some are grey some are brown so many different choices quite a lot of them still half full waiting for the other one to arrive I always wonder what it looks like to look at that space and know that that's intended for you will I see that or will Chris see that tends to be a lot of photos of people who died young 
unless that's just more of a modern thing. It's interesting when I see things like wife, mother, nan, great nan, like Dorothy that I'm looking at now. Makes you wonder what yours will say. Will it just say wife? Is there anyone else there at the grave or is it just Chris? Maybe we'll be like Herbert and Hester. Just the two of us. It doesn't mention anything else about whether they had family or not. But they do have a bench, which is pretty cool. Especially as it's a bench dedicated to them looking at their own grave. I don't know if that's romantic or a little bit vain. Let you make that cool. Derek's grave is looking amazing. In brackets, Del Boy. He's got like a line of daffodils that just goes straight along the grave. James and Elizabeth, they've got these smaller daffodils that have like that different colour trumpet in the middle. That's just one big sprout coming out. Herbert and Joan, they've got several little clumps of small daffodils and some snowdrops. That's pretty. The, um, the plaques in the ground, which I think are from where ashes are buried, have got lots of fake flowers. That seems to be the trend. And lots of um, vases for fake flowers, which, if they're clear, have filled with dirty rainwater and uh, now look like urine, which is a bit unfortunate. I'm not really as keen on the fake flowers. If I'm honest, I'd rather something was planted so it grew every year. Chris, take note of that. There's a lot more variety in the newer section. There's actually a grave with a shark on it. Uh, there's one that's sort of cut in two folding. Again, Desmond's waiting for his partner. There's, um, there's something like a really big area of gravestone, but there's not much text on it. Which I feel like is either because it costs money per word or letter, or they're just trying to use up space. Shark Man looks like he's waiting for his partner, so we'll be interested to see if she also wanted that on there. There's the dolphin grave. Oh, this one's got a bird on it. Uh, Kev. Looks like a kind of a kestrel. Or an eagle of some kind. Peter and his beloved Thelma. Philip Bird. Philip looks like he's expecting more than one person underneath him. The gap is quite big. Another oh, one with a teddy bear on it. That will be somebody young. Yeah, 26 years old. And there's a photo. Then there's another one with a car on it. Another young boy. In his twenties. And some more wooden crosses. And then the baby section, which is uh, one, two, three, four, five children. Mostly babies, either born sleeping or died under a year old. One of them's fairly new, sadly. The others have been here a few years. Lots of ornaments and lights and bees and rabbits and flamingos and flowers. Lots of remembrance. And there's things hanging in the tree which you can probably hear. And lots of daffodils around this graveyard. It's lovely. You've got the graves but then you've got these huge bunches of daffodils that just sprouting up everywhere. 
have to admit, I think David Bourne is giving me the most impressive grave as far as planted daffodils go. That's amazing. There's one grave I'm just looking at. It's in loving memory of Elsie, who died in 68. Wife and mother. And then Robert, husband, father and granddad in 2003. And then in 2012, Jean was added. Doesn't say anything about her. I wonder if she was a single daughter who decided to be buried with her parents. On the back of the gravestone it just says, Elsie, my love. 21st, 1968. I feel like I can almost picture Robert stood here having buried her. And then, oh, 68, 78, 88, 98, you know, nearly 40 years later, joining her. There's another grave behind it, which looks quite new. The stone is new and it looks like um, Walter was buried in 66. And then his wife, Emily, joined him in 2012. Together again. Again, nearly 40 years of being apart. Visiting a grave, perhaps. Such a long gap. There's some more people that have come to visit a grave, so I've moved into the older section again and they're visibly quite upset um, they've come with new flowers and a watering can and shears to tidy up around uh, some buried ashes there's quite a steady stream of people coming up to visit with flowers I could sit and watch them all day um, but I'm keeping my distance to give them the space they need. Currently stood by the grave of William Henry. It's about as tall as me. Um, he died in 1916, aged 37. And the space beneath him is empty. Just says eldest son. I don't know who they might, who they thought might join him, but nobody has come. Maybe the parents had to move away and thought they would they would go there. Maybe they were keeping space for any more children. I guess when you live through the wars and in the war, you don't really know who was gonna be next. I've wandered up to another section of stone plaques in the ground with um, pots for ashes and flowers next to them. I presume ashes are buried underneath actually. Stones here. I've never really been up to this section before. All kinds of dates. They don't feel the same when they're flat in the ground. I like the ones that stand up so I can see them. But I can see why you wouldn't necessarily do that for these. And different cultures and different places do it in different ways. There's a big old grave in the middle of all the newer ones. Henry Price. He's got a big stone cross on the top. A big stone outline around the edge of where the coffin was. He's been surrounded by small plaques in the ground from ashes. I imagine he was alone for quite a long time before all these guys joined him. There's another one, small one with a lorry on it. Greatly missed Dad and Grampy. He's sort of separated off from the others. Don't know how he managed to get there. Maybe he had special permission. 
a little while ago I saw a man come down here um, he sort of walked in in high-vis like he was on the building site ah I know what you're thinking these cliffhangers are unbearable but you've only got seven days to wait to find out what the man in high-vis was doing in the graveyard so tune in next week and don't forget, if I'm adding any value to your week at all, please consider supporting me through buymeacoffee.com. The link's in the show notes. Or you could just buy me a fancy old grey to drink while I continue to find ways to open up conversations around loss. Or try to give a voice to stories of loss that might otherwise go unheard. And to find out what that high-vis man was up to, tune in next week for the final part of Graveyard Musings. <laughs>